theyeshiva.net. Okay, so please turn, open your mimer to page 91, the last paragraph on the bottom. You all know that if I start giving a summation, I'm going to get stuck and I won't go further. So I'm not going to give a summation, despite the temptation. But I'm going to suggest and ask all of you to review the Mimer, either inside on your own or with the classes that we gave during last week and the previous week. You could review it on double speed, so it's half the time, or 1.5, so it's uh, you do save time significantly. And uh, review it, learn it, take notes, think about it, internalize it, meditate on it, daven with it, and uh, allow it to... Uh, to go in, to penetrate. Let's allow it to change our lives, my life, your life, all of our lives. So uh, we could fill ourselves in the world with love, light, hope, healing, wisdom, authenticity, truth, genuineness, and redemption, the energy of redemption. So after all the discussion and a long explanation about Shvichis Damim, spilling blood in the physical and metaphysical sense, in the individual and the collective sense, in our own inner world and in the cosmos. After a long discussion about Kedusha and Klippa, after a long discussion about things that are really alive and things that only make believe and play the game and are always searching for a source of life, after everything said, after everything explained, which is all very important in order to get to the next piece, the Mimer continues. You know, there's always in reality, there's layers and layers and layers. It's like peeling an onion or artichoke. You ever ate artichoke? There's a layer and another layer, another layer. By the way, everybody can hear me? I want to make sure what... You hear well? Okay, beautiful. So there's another layer. So now we go that to the next layer. The explanation, and more specifically, with more depth and more nuance, the difference between Kedusha and Klippas, thank you, is th- in three different elements. Here, the Rebbe finally takes us back to the beginning. You always have to be able to go back to the beginning in order to understand the end, right? If you don't know the beginning, how can you know the end? If I don't know where I'm coming from, it's hard to know where I should be going. So there's always another layer to unravel, to excavate, to reveal in order to get to the ultimate core, to the Pnimius, the Pnimius. So we explain a lot what Kedusha is, what Klip is. Kedusha is Bittl, Kedusha is Achdos, Kedusha is Kium Atzmi, Kedusha is Chayis Atzmi, Kedusha is Eir, Kedusha is Kalim, Kedusha is Neshamas, Kedusha is Metziusim Atzmusay. I'm using all the terms that I hope by now you're familiar with the terms. If not, you have to review it that we learned before to describe elements of Kedusha. 
Klippe lacks all these properties. But he says, now let's understand, Taka, the essence of it all. The difference between Kedusha and Klippe is in three things. Now, even before we're going to learn what these three things are, I want you to reflect and take note of how these three things are described. Number one, B'Shoidosh Hisavusa. In the source from where they emerge. Hisavus, from the word Hoive, Hoya, Hoive, Yie, Hoyoi. Hisavus means being, isness, I-S hyphen, N-E-S-S. I know I made up a word. Isness, the isness of something, the reality of something is called his havas, the fact that it is. Haya he was, haiva he is, yiyah he will be, right? We say in Hebrew, in Hebrew, in, in the Hebrew language. His havas from the word haiva, which is also Hashem's name, yud and hey and vav and hey. His havas is baruch sha'amar v'haya ha'elam. His havas means the emergence the emergence of existence into a state of existence, into a state of being. The first difference between Yiddish and Lippi, you have to understand, is B'Shoirish Havusa, in the root of their initial creation and emergence into being. Number two, B'Hishavusa, in their creation. And number three, B'Kiyumam, in their existence. You want to know the Yiddish and Lippi, you have to identify three components. First of all, the source of their creation. Before their creation, the shayrish, the roots, before the tree could spring up from the, can emerge from the earth, there's the first and the seed has to develop roots. The roots are the foundation. Before you build a home, a structure, you need the foundations. The foundations are sub, are subterranean, they're, they're invisible. That's the shayrish, the root. First you have to understand shayrish is avusam, the root from where they're created. What's the source of the creation of Klippa before it's created? What's the Shairish? And what's the Shairish? What's the source? The root. Shairish means root of Kiddush. Second thing is Hisavusam, the way they're created. Number three, Kiyumam, the way they exist, the way they endure maintenance. There's creation and there's maintenance. Kiyum is the endurance, the ongoing existence. There's three differences between Kiddush and Klippa. The Shairish Hisavus, the Hisavus and the Kiyum. And he's going to go through all three. The difference in the shayrish and the root. We're now going to be exploring a very profound concept in Chabad Chesidus. I'm saying this as an introduction because it's profound. If you understand it immediately, you probably did not understand it. The difference in this Shadish, in the source of their creation between Kedusha and Klippa, Kedusha, which we call holiness or alignment with the divine, and Klippa is any reality that is, its existence is based on a husk, on a cover-up, on a shell, which is what a klipa means, something that covers up the reality so that it doesn't experience its true alignment with divine infinity. That's the definition of klipa. 
everything that emerges, everything that exists, comes from Hashem's will. Hashem's Ratzon is the fuel, if you wish. It's the gas, it's the engine, it's the battery, it's the energy behind and within every single existence. Or to quote the Pasuk in Tehillim, David HaMelech says, Koil asher chafetz, we say Shabbos, Koil asher chafetz, Hashem asa. Whatever Hashem desired, He made. Which doesn't only mean He does what He wants. That he, that's true. God is free. He's not enslaved to anything. But Koil asher chafetz, Hashem asa means everything comes from Hashem's Ratzon. In other words, if you if you remove all the layers of everything, you're going to have to meet Ratzon. You're going to have to meet divine will. There's a mechanism through which every single thing operates and functions. If you want to use the words of physics or science, there is the molecular structure, there's the atomic structure through which everything functions. Every existence, every being in our world functions. Each existence according to its unique chemistry to its unique composition. If you go further and further and further, so to speak, further I mean in concept, you'll ultimately meet Hashem's Ratzon. You're going to have to meet Ratzon. The desire, which is the fuel behind everything. He wanted. So he says, every Hishavos comes from his Ratzon. The Gam Klippis, V'sitra Klippis, Sitracher. Klippus and Sitracher are used here together, even though the translation is different, but they both represent the same reality. Klippus means shells, as discussed a few moments ago. Sitracher means the other side. Sitra in Aramaic means side, and Acher means the other. Sitracher is the other side, as he defines it in Tanya in chapter 6. Balatanya says, Sitracher means the other side. It's not the side of Kedusha, it's the other side. So he says, even Klippus and Sitrach, Hashem Hepecharatzen, which embody the antithesis of divine will, also emerge from Hashem's will. So here we have what we call paradox, real paradox. We say, what's Klippa? It's Hepecharatzenai. It's antithetical to his will. It's against his will. Let's take, for example, an Aveda. An Aveda, a sin, a transgression. Any one of the Avedas in Torah, one of the 613 mitzvahs, the opposite of that. 248 mitzvahs essay, 365 mitzvahs lysis. An Aveda. This is called something that's connected. It's a reflection. It's a continuum of klippa. The ability to do it, the desire to do it, and the doing it. This is the realm of klippa. And the same is true whenever we talk about Klippa and Sitra Achira, it all represents that which is antithetical to his will. That's what Klippa means. When a person engages in thoughts, or words, or actions, or behaviors, or relationships, or encounters, that represent dissonance, there is no harmony, there is no oneness, there is no continuum to the divine will, as discussed at length in the previous shiurim when we were discussing Klippa, this is called Hei It's against his will. He doesn't want it. Shem says, I don't want it. <laughs> this is called Hei Against his will. So he says, but that also comes from his will. 
Because if it exists, if Klippus exists, every existence comes from his Ratzon, from, comes from his will. So what is it? Is, does Hashem want it or does Hashem not want it? What is it? So you'll say, well, uh, he wants it, but he really doesn't want it. <laughs> but he wants it, yeah? So he wants a part of it, he doesn't want another part of it. He wants, he wants it should be able to have power to tempt a person, but he doesn't want the person to take it too seriously. So there's a heipacharatz in here, and there's a rats in here. The pshat is, hainu mitzadzeh asher dein lehanyin How could you want something and not want something simultaneously? You want it or you don't want it. So he says, either I want it or I don't want it. No. I want it, but I don't want it. I want it, but I don't really want it. There's going to be a few lines here. I'm going to read them, and then we'll explain. Hainu This is an expression of the Medrash. Because this was not something he wanted. There was a revelation of Ratzin and Klippus, and that's why they're here. That's why they came into being. But because the desire is that these he doesn't want, so therefore, the emergence was according to his will that there should be a metzius of absence, a reality that's not a reality. The desire that these he doesn't want caused the creation of klippus that are created in a way that their creation is one that lacks the truth of reality. Very abstract words. Let me explain. Another, another line. And that's the difference in the root of existence, of their existence. What's this? If you see in the footnote, footnote 52, Benesh's Rabba, Parsha Gimel, Piske Zion. Sham Parsha Tes Piske Beis. The Medrash Rabbah, those of you who are learning Rambam with us know from the introduction of the Rambam, was composed by Rabbi Oishia, who was one of the great students of Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, Rabbi Judah the Prince, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, our holy Rebbe who lived in the beginning of the third century after the Common Era, a century and a half after the destruction of the Second Beis Amikdash. And he was the editor of the Mishnah, and his students edited many of the Medrashim that we are familiar with. And one of the great ones is called Medrash Rabbah on, on Sefer Bereshus. This was authored, the Rambam says, by Reb Oishia, who also authored Brises, which are in addition to the Mishnah. If you open up Medrash Rabbah Bereshus, the Parshas Bereshus, on the Psukim it says, God saw everything he did, and it was very good, on the sixth day of creation. So the Medrash brings there from Rebabo, Rebabo who said, This is a quote from the Medrash. 
We have a tradition that Hashem constructed worlds and then He destroyed them. He constructed worlds and He destroyed them. And then He constructed worlds that He did not destroy. He saw that there was good. That's why it says He saw that it was good because there were other things He saw that they were not good. And the Medrash says, when God saw those worlds that He created, He says, Dain loy hanyin le. Dain means these loy hanyin le are not something I enjoy. They're not giving me hana. They're not giving me pleasure. They're of no hana to me. They're of no benefit to me. Dain these loy hanyin le are not suitable to Him. Are not nice to Him. Are not uh, important. Are not beneficial to Him. And then the other world, he said, Ah, Dain Hanyan Leh. These were good for him. He felt good about them. Toiv, he felt it was good. That's the expression of the Madrash. On these worlds, Dain Loy Hanyan Leh, these were not good for him, were not beneficial for him. Dain Hanyan Leh. So this Maimer explains, and as he says in the footnote, in footnote 54, the source for this in the Maimarim of the Rebbe Rashab, Hemshech Tafrish Ayim Beis, Tafrish Pei, especially Sefer HaSichas Teres Shalom, Sikh of Simchas Teres Tafrish Samach Tes, Simchas Teres 1808, by the Rebbe Rashab, who explains this at length. Everything comes from Hashem's Ratzon. Everything. So what's the difference between Kedusha and Klippa? If he wants this, he wants it. The Pshat is, how does Klippa emerge? What's the source of it? It's from Hashem saying, This I don't want. And Hashem saying, This I don't want, that creates Klippas. That gives the reality to Klippa. Because it's something that he doesn't want. In other words, something that I want, I have a relationship with. Something I don't want, I also have a relationship with. I don't want it. (laughs) The fact that I don't want it means that it has meaning for me. Negative meaning, but it has meaning for me. So when I say, I want something, I want you, I want you. I want to be close to you. I want to have a relationship with you. Or I want it. When I say I don't want something, you can't say that thing is not a reality. Of course it's a reality. If it wouldn't be a reality, I couldn't reject it. The very fact that I'm rejecting it, the fact that I'm repulsed by it, the fact that I loathe it, the fact that I negate it means there's something to negate. If it didn't exist in my life, I wouldn't distance myself from it. Whenever I'm recoiling from something, it's because there is something that is intimidating to me. Something that drives me mad, something that disturbs me, something that aggravates me, someone who causes me pain. And therefore I say, I don't want you, or I don't want this. You can't say it doesn't exist. Of course it exists. (laughs) It exists in a very powerful way. There is a relationship there, albeit the relationship is charged by negativity, not by positivity. Negative charge, not a positive charge, if you will. But it's a relationship. So now, 
when Hashem says, I don't want something, that created it. That statement of Hashem, I don't want it, that's the fuel, that's the gas, that's the secret, that's the DNA of Klippa. Because the very fact that Hashem says, I don't want it, that makes it a Metzias. God says, I don't want it. Oh, wow. The very fact that Hashem rejects it, He says, That is the soul of Klippa. That is the divine energy of Klippa. God just introduced that reality from that feeling, so to speak. I'm using the words feeling, I know... Anthropomorphism would probably anthropomorphisms would probably be more appropriate, but but indulge me. The very fact Hashem feels this I don't want. Ooh, there's something you don't want. There's a relationship here already between the Creator and that which He doesn't want. There is a reality that He says I don't want this, so He thinks I don't want this. Then lehanyanle. That feeling, that emotion, that conviction, that expression of Hashem, I don't want it, that becomes the source, the shayrish, the source that creates klippa. That's where klippa comes from. Everything comes from Hashem's desire that it exists. In other words, from Hashem's relationship with it. From Hashem wanting it to be. Everything. Even klippa. But here's the big difference. Kedusha comes from Dein Hanyanle. Hashem says, this I love, this I want. Klippa also comes from Hashem wanting it. But in what sense? Hashem says, Dein Loi Hanyanle, this I don't want. Ooh, so there's a this that I don't want. From that this, <laughs> Hashem is saying, this I don't want, this is a reality in His world. It's a reality that he talks about. He says, I don't want this. In other words, what's Hashem's will? This I want and this I don't want. His will about this is that I don't want this. My desire is to disengage from it, not to have a relationship with it. That desire is what creates Klippa. What does this mean then? That the essence of Klippa is, the essence of the divine reality of Klippa is that it doesn't have a reality. That's its essence. At its core, its reality is that it doesn't have a reality. In the language here, its metzius is a metzius of a header. Now those are, that's a fantastic expression. Metzius means reality. What's header? Header means the absence of reality. If something is a metzius, it's not header. If something is header, it's not metzius. Metzius means reality. Header means the lack of it, the absence of it, the void. Heder means void, the absence, not. Heder is not, zero. Kedusha's Metzius is a Metzius. Klippa's Metzius is a Metzius of Heder. What makes it a Metzius? That it's not a Metzius. <laughs> the fact that Hashem said it's not a Metzius, that made it Metzius. Again, if, the Hashem, if Hashem wouldn't say, I don't want it, then it wouldn't be not a Metzius. It wouldn't be anything. <laughs> It wouldn't have anything. There would be nothing. There wouldn't be clipper. Because Hashem says, I don't want it, that statement, that feeling, that conviction, that is the fuel of clipper. It's something that God could say, I don't want. That's the DNA of clipper. That's its soul. That's its neshama. That's what gives it chios. So does Hashem want it to be here? 
this is the paradox. He wants it to be here in the sense that he's saying, I don't want it. <laughs> if I don't want it, that means there's something I don't want. <laughs> My desire is to disengage from it. My desire is not to have this. So that desire itself, my desire not to have this, that is what creates the this. In other words, if you look at Klippa and you go to its core quintessential depth, what do you find there? You'll find that which Hashem says, I don't want. In other words, at its very core, its mitzias is a mitzias of heipacharotzen. Its mitzias is heder. Its ultimate reality is that it has no real reality. Because reality is Hashem. And Hashem says, I don't want this. But because Hashem says, I don't want this, that is itself what animates and vivifies Klippa. That in Hashem's world, this is something that I don't want. <laughs> in other words, they have a relationship with it. And I'm saying, I don't want this. I'm rejecting this. I'm loathing this. And when Hashem says, the fact that He says, this is not part of my world, that makes it very significant. That God rejects it, it's not part of His world. So what is its essence? Its essence is, its essence is the antithesis of Hashem's Ratzin. So the Ratzin becomes something that's Hepecharatzin. Or the Hepecharatzin, that is the Ratzin. I want to, I want to read the words again inside. I think it'll be clear enough. Klippus also came from Hashem because Hashem says, Dain these loyhanyinle, I don't want. Hainu shahaya his galos harotzen binyana klippus. There was a revelation of rotzen relating to the klippus. Mitzadzen is havo. That's why they emerged. If Hashem didn't want them, they wouldn't be here. If Hashem would want, want them, they wouldn't be here. So he does want them. So, so why do you say he doesn't want them? But what's his rotsen? His rotsen is, his rotsen in Klippus, he says, this I don't want. That they shouldn't have a Metzius. So the emergence of Klippus, what emerges is something that reflects his will. They should be a reality that consists of the fact that they have no reality. Wow. There's only one thing in the world that has a reality. And what's its reality? Its reality is that it has no reality. Now that's very deep. The reality of Klippa is that it has no reality. That's what it is. <laughs> That is what it is at its core. At its core, what is its reality? That it has no reality. Again, it could not have a reality, then it wouldn't have a reality. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying there's no klippa. If there wouldn't be klippa, then the whole maimer wouldn't exist, and a lot of other things wouldn't exist. The maimer is about klippa, there is klippa. We're not saying that there's no reality. We're saying the reality of klippa is that at its core it has no reality. At its core, it's not mitzias, at its core it's hadir. Hashem's Ratzin. Hashem's saying, this I want and this I don't want. That's His will. So it creates two realities. One is the reality of Kedusha, which I want. What's the reality of Kedusha? That it has a reality. It's a manifestation of God's, it's a continuum of divine infinity, so to speak. 
And then the second reality, this I want and this I don't want. So there's a this, there's a this and there's a this. This also has a reality. It's the reality that God says I don't want. (laughs) In other words, what is its reality? Its reality is that I, Hashem, the source of all reality, doesn't want it. So what is at its core of its reality? That it got no reality. Because it's, so to speak, rejected. Hashem says, I don't want it. But the very fact that Hashem says, I don't want something, means, wow, <laughs> there's something that he doesn't want. So if, if, if there's nothing, so what don't you want? So there had to become a something that Hashem should be able to say, I don't want it. By Hashem saying, I don't want something, that became its neshama. <laughs> the neshama of Klippa is that Hashem said, I don't want it. That became its neshama. That became its oxygen. So what's the oxygen of Klippa? That Hashem says, I don't want it. Oy, now you understand why Klippa is so insecure. Now you understand why it feels so vulnerable. Now you understand why it doesn't think it exists. <laughs> you understand what it what means living with this? I think psychologically, I'm just thinking, we have some metaphors for this. You know, they talk about uh, trauma and pregnancy of a mother who didn't want to have the, didn't want to have the baby. She wanted to she wanted to have an abortion, and then the baby was born. Or trauma at very very early 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 development. What do we often see in these situations? Therapists have shared this with me over the years. Trauma therapists. We see that sometimes a person, at the very core, they feel they don't exist. Their very core is delegitimized. And I think some of us know this very well. Some, some people I know deal with this. And I think, some, I think it's, it's more frequent than we imagine. In other words, like the innate, intrinsic message is, I'm not supposed to be here. I, I'm like extra in this world. I, I'm almost, uh, somebody once told me, I feel like a burden on existence. I'm in everybody's way. I said, even when a squirrel walks, you're in his way too. Yeah, even the squirrel. Even the squirrel doesn't think I belong here. In other words, at my very, it's not that I have a problem, I have a flaw, I have a challenge. No. My very core is in question. (laughs) I always say about Israel, you know, there's 192 countries in the United Nations. I think 192, if I'm not mistaken. There's only one country whose very legitimacy, if he has a right to exist, is a question. No other country. Every country is solid. There's one country. It's not this criticism, this condemnations. It's very right to exist is always on the question. And of course, we know which country that is. (laughs) Only one. (coughs) Psychologically, I have a challenge I'm in a bad mood, I'm having a difficult day, I'm having a difficult time, there's something painful in my life. But sometimes the very core doesn't exist, there's no core. And here, the core is that it has no core. Ooh, that's where, that's, that's what it is. The core of clip, I'm giving metaphors here, the core of clip is that it has no core. That is its core. Because the core of everything is what? Hashem. Einoid Mulvada. Clip's core is also Hashem. So here we have a great paradox. If the core of Klippa is Hashem, so it's godly. <laughs> so why is it Klippa? And the answer is, well, it comes across as Klippa. What is its true secret? Its true secret is, it's also God. It's old, it's whole DNA, it's soul, it's energy, it's battery, it's gas, it's fuel, it's engine, it's essence, it's quintessence. 
its identity, its inner core chemistry is divine. Everything comes from Hashem. As he says, everything comes from Hashem's Ratzon. Clip it too. But the difference is, the Shoirish is Savosam. The Shoirish of Kedusha, if you go back to the root, 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 root of Kedusha, what do you find? Hashem's Ratzon that it should be. That's the Shoirish, that's the ultimate root of the DNA of Kedusha. And if you go to the Shoirish, Shoirish, Shoirish of Klip, it's also from Hashem's Ratzon. From Hashem's Ratzon that it shouldn't be. From that Ratzon that it shouldn't be, that's what made Klippa. That Hashem says, I don't want this Metzius. Ooh, Hashem says, I don't want this Metzius. This is a Metzius that Hashem relates to. There's an expression in Gemara and Halacha. Mitzvase achshave isuri achshave. The very fact that it's a mitzvah makes it significant. The very fact that it's prohibited makes it significant. We have in Rashi, Masech the Beitzah, famous sugi, we learned it one when we were learning Beitzah, on Dav Beis, that Seuda of Shabbos is something that you could say, Tzorich HaChana, it needs preparation. Because the fact that it's a mitzvah to eat on Shabbos gives preparing for it something, a very significant component. Preparing for a meal of the weekday in Halacha doesn't have the element of preparation. And it's negated to the dinam of Muktas, becomes relevant. The very fact that Hashem says, I don't want it. It's a Metzius that He says, I don't want. Where is this Metzius coming from? God says, I don't want. Wow, so God is involved with you. God has something to say about you. That's your soul. So your core is that what? What's your core? Your core is divine. But what is it? Your core is that you don't have a core. Your Metzius is that you don't have a Metzius. That's the whole secret of Klippa. The moment you get this, everything is, falls into context. <laughs> now you know everything about Klippa. All the behaviors of Klippa come from this Nakuda. At its deepest, deepest core, it has no Metzius. And that's its Metzius. And that is its Metzius. It's a manifestation, it's an embodiment of Hashem's desire that it shouldn't be a Metzius. And that's why when you treat it that way, you're in touch with truth. And even the clipper knows that it's true, because this is the truth of clipper. What's the tragedy? The tragedy is, I turn this metzias, which is not a metzias, and I inflate it, and I turn it into a big, significant, important reality that controls my life to the point that I surrender to it, and that's the tragedy of tragedies. Klippe doesn't have a Metzius at all. Its whole Metzius can only come from the fact that I give it a Metzius. And that's the reason it's so obsessed to make a person sin. We learned before, why is the Yitzhahara so obsessed? Because he's not alive. He has to fake it. Because the core of his existence is that there's no existence. What's the only way he could get real existence? If he can use the energy of Kedusha. That's why he wants your blood. He wants your blood. He doesn't have blood. He doesn't have oxygen. The definition of his oxygen is that he has no oxygen. That is his oxygen. His oxygen is that Hashem says, you're not a Metzius, I don't want you. So the clip is searching for the human sin, for, 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 for to get something from Kedusha, because Kedusha is alive, and Klippa is, is not alive. Its life is that it's not alive. That is its life. When you treat it that way, everything, everything falls into place, because that was its whole kavana. Its kavana is to reveal 
The shayrish of klipa. What's the shayrish of klipa? That it has no metzias. It's metzias. It's a metzias that has no metzias. It's a metzias of heder. It's a metzias of absence. That's the first difference between Kedusha and Klippa. What's the second difference? Vahefrish b'yishavah satzmahu, now stage two. This is the source, the core. The difference in the creation itself is the Yishavah's called over Shebekdusha b'oifen sh'achiyusa l'ki meir b'seicha. The Yishu batlo l'achayusa l'ki l'chen yishavusi b'oifen sh'ar meir b'seicha. Mashenke n'yishavah saklipi b'oifen sh'ar l'ki eina meir b'hem. Now comes stage two. This is already more on the conscious level, the way it actually emerges. What we spoke till now is going back to the core of Klippin Hashem, going back to the root of Klippin the Creator, going back to the root of Kedushan the Creator. We spoke about roots. Now we're going to speak not about the roots of the tree, about the tree, about what emerges. What's the difference? The definition of Kedusha, everything in Kedusha is what? Transparency. That's it. The divine energy is not blocked. It's manifested in the reality that it is giving life to. In other words, Kedusha is a reality that sees itself as a conduit, as a facilitator, as an expression of divine infinity, of Chayas it doesn't block it, it doesn't conceal it, it doesn't repress it, it doesn't subjugate it, it doesn't fight it. On the contrary, it surrenders to it. It allows the, its eye to realize that it is a conduit for the divine eye. That's how everything in Kedusha emerges in the world. That's the definition of Kedusha. That the divine energy, which is at its core, shines through it. And the reason is because the definition of Kedusha is Bittl. What's Bittl? We explained in this Maimra many times, what is Bittl again and again? Bittl means alignment. Bittl means I remove all the thoughts, all the barriers, all the notions, all the philosophies, all the sensations that become a mechitza, that become an interference, the static, that says that I am not a conduit of divine infinity right now. What am I? I'm a lonely victim. I am an angry person, I have a horrible temper, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm helpless, I'm hopeless, I'm depressed, I'm angry, I'm melancholy, I'm lost, I'm uncertain, I'm confused, I'm a victim, I'm greedy, I'm narcissistic, I'm selfish, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, and you can add more, but you can do that on your own. But any sensation that takes me away from experiencing myself as a conduit right now, a manifestation of the divine light and the divine vessel. We spoke about light and vessel. In this world, that it's already not Kedusha. And we are, we have those two voices in us. There is the cosmic and individual battle between Kedusha and Klippa in our life. So Kedusha, what's the definition of Kedusha? That the Lekus shines through it. There's transparency. It's translucent, transparent, translucent, there's different levels. But the bottom line is, it's not opaque. The reality doesn't block, it doesn't block its true essence. What is its true essence? Divine will, divine energy, divine core. It's not blocked. That's Kedusha. Why? Because it's Bittl. It's a one with the divine energy. 
So because Kedusha is bittel, so therefore the Ur can work through it, can shine through it. What's Klippa? Klippa also has Alakos. <laughs> but the Ur Alaki is not consciously manifested in the Klippa. I, it's there, it's in exile. What does exile mean? This we learned in previous year, which was Friday. What's exile? Golos means, I'm here, but I'm completely subjugated to you. I'm living here on your terms. I do what you want. I can't walk freely. I can't leave freely. In other words, I am defined by you. In Klippa, the Kedusha is defined by the Klippa. It's being used and manipulated by the Klippa. The Klippa is using the Kedusha. Just like when somebody is in exile, you may use his labor and enjoy his labor very much. But it's completely defined by the captor's wants and the captor's terms and the captor's, captor's conditions. What does this mean in Klippa? Klippa is also living off Kedusha, but in its consciousness, it identifies itself completely lonely, detached, autonomous, not as a manifestation of divine infinity, which is why it's called a shell, a husk, it covers up. So therefore... Because Klippe opposes Elikus, the definition of Klippe is not Bittel. If Klippe would say, I am a divine manifestation, it wouldn't be Klippe, it would be Kedusha. The definition of Klippe is that it eclipses God, the godly energy, it even opposes it, it creates a substitute reality, creates a substitute reality. So how is it created? Elikus flows through it, but completely concealed. So we already discussed the two differences. In the source... And the way it's manifested in creation. And now we come to the third. Hence, there's now the third distinction of how they exist. How they're maintained. Where the creation comes through the manifestation of divine energy, through the revelation of divine energy, through the expression of divine energy. So it creates that Kedusha is intrinsically alive, it intrinsically exists. Why? Because what's the definition of a reality in Kedusha? That its eye doesn't exist independently, it's a conduit for the divine eye. So if Hashem intrinsically exists... Everything in Kedusha feels that it intrinsically exists because it's one with the source of life. If it's one with the source of life, it's not detached, it's not separate. So it itself assumes that relationship with life, that my relationship with life is not something that I have to acquire and I have to buy and I have to find. I am alive. When you're in a place of holiness, in your core, you feel that you're really, really alive. You're in touch with life. Because you're one with the source of life. There's only one source of life. Ein Eid Mulvada. Like the Rambam says in Hilchis Aleph, we learned a few days ago. Ein Eid Mulvada means there's only one true source of life. Everything else depends on that source of life. So it's not really true. It exists, but it exists only because of that one real true existence. If I'm not aligned with that true existence, I'm never going to feel that I exist. I'm going to have to compensate for my existence because I don't feel that I really exist. When you're in a space of real Kedusha, what does it mean in a space of real In a space of real oneness, real oneness with the core of existence, then you are existing. Because the you is completely subsumed in the core of all existence. Which of course makes the you infinite, because the you is a conduit for infinity. You guys know what I'm talking about, I hope, yeah? If you don't know, at least you feel it. This, 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 this stuff, this stuff, man, Lebanon, you have to live with this. This is real stuff. But you get it. Well, you get what happens by Kedusha. 
Kedusha, again, the word Kedusha is, we're used to Kedusha means, you know, Halika mentioned Halika, like this weird abstract stuff, these holy people, holy things. Kedusha means a life in which you're in touch with oneness, you're in touch with harmony, you're an ambassador of one, and therefore you're one. And everything you come in contact with, you reveal the oneness. Ata echad, v'shimcha echad, goy echad ba'aretz. We said yesterday by Mincha. What's the definition of amcha Yisrael? Goy echad ba'aretz. We reveal the echad ba'aretz in earth. That's what the Balatanya teaches. Goy echad ba'aretz. Igeris HaKadosh Tess. And we learned in entire Torah, remember the Maimer about the sheaves, the brothers binding the sheaves. Ma'almim alumim. They took a world of separateness and they brought it together in alumim, in sheaves, in bundles. Ma'amer. And then the bundles had to bow down to Yosef's bundle. If you remember, we learned in Torah Arvayesha. What does this mean? That our job is to be an ambassador of one to reveal the oneness in the world. Every person I come in contact with to accentuate the oneness. Every situation I come in contact with to accentuate the oneness. So what does it mean? Kedusha is when I'm living in the consciousness of oneness. My thoughts, my words, my actions, my behaviors, my relationships, my relationships with myself, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my children, my relationship, of course, with Hashem, my relationship with everybody, with my next door neighbor, with my cousin, with my employer, with my partner, with my employee, with a stranger, with the mailman. My relationship with humanity and my relationship with everything is one in which I am an ambassador of one. What are we saying, Kagavna, Friday night? To become one with one. The Kegavna is a piece from Zoyar, Vayakal, that we say Friday night, Nusach Svart. Nusach Ashkenaz is Bamemad Likin from Shabbos. But Nusach Svart, you say Kegavna, which is a piece from Zoyar. That's Kedusha. Kedusha is I become one with one, and therefore, you become one with life because there's only one source of life. And when you divest yourself from all the toxicity and all the layers that attach themselves to you and interfere in this oneness, that's what Bittl is. And through Bittl you have Achtos and through Achtos you are now intrinsically alive and intrinsically exist. Because the definition of Kedusha is transparency. It removes all the blockages. That's Bittl, removing the blockages. Now it's hard, because the blockages are very powerful. Klippik is very, very powerful. And we know why it's so powerful. It's fighting for its life. <laughs> it's looking for oxygen. It's very hard for Klippik to breathe. Because at its core, it knows that it's not alive. And there's only one way it's going to get life. So the obstacles are very, very profound, very acute. That's what Avedis Hashem is, to be able to, without judgment and with a lot of compassion, shed the layers and go into that place, that space of oneness. And that's where you become alive, because you're always alive, because you're a conduit. And of course, as we're going to see towards the end, this is the secret of before the eight Sadas, Adam is not dying and Chava is not dying. Why should they die? Why should anybody die? A soul doesn't die. God doesn't die. Ani Hashem Shanisi. Why would oneness with God die? Bittel. There's an expression that the Lubavitcher Rebbe once said. Bittel kenish bottle veren. There's only one thing that can't become bottle and that's Bittel. Bittel can't be nullified. 
Self-nullification is the only thing that can be nullified. Everything else could be nullified because it exists. But bittel can't be bottle. Why? Because <laughs> what are you going to be mevatel? <laughs> bittel is the only thing that can get bottle. Because in bittel there's no eye to be bottle. The eye is part of God's eye, so why should you die? All death comes from what? From a separation. From a separation from the source of life. Which happens when Kedusha goes to Klippa. So it's not alive. And when it's not alive, there's a separation from life, at least on a conscious level. On a conscious level, there's death. The core of Klippa, which is divine, that Taka doesn't die. But the manifestation of it, which is in dissonance with the divine, has to die because it was never really alive. <laughs> it only was making believe it was alive. In other words, death is basically that which was never alive expressing what it always was. So before the Eitz before the Shvich Isdamim, there's no concept of death. We'll, we'll get to that soon. So what's the bottom line here? So now we come to the third stage. Remember, there's three differences in Dushan and Klippa. The first difference is the root. The second difference is the way they're created. And the third difference is the way they exist. Kedusha has intrinsic existence. Mashenkin Beklip is the last three lines of the paragraph. 92. Klippe, the emergence of Klippe doesn't come through the revelation of life, of godly life, but on the contrary, the emergence of Klippe comes through the divine energy being concealed, being repressed, being in exile. So therefore, they have no kiyum. They have no intrinsic existence. Why? Because intrinsic existence only comes from one source when you're one with the source of life. But the definition of Klippa is that it blocks the source of life. That's the definition of Klippa. It blocks the source of life. If that's the case, it's looking for energy. How does it get energy? Through a person sinning. When a person takes his thoughts and his words and his actions and his life and his time and his resources... And he does something against Hashem's will. Now what happens? He's now giving the blood, the oxygen, the soul, the energy of Kedusha. He's now feeding it. Feeding it to the world of Klippa. He's feeding the world that doesn't really exist in its core. Its existence is that it doesn't really exist. That's what he feeds. And and that's when Klippa gets this whole new lease on life. Because the person believes it exists. The only one who could believe that Klippa exists is the person. Clip itself knows that it doesn't exist. That's why it wants you. <laughs> he got he got to go rob the bank because he got no penny on his own. The only one who thinks that Clipper really exists is the person who has that ability because we live in that space of choice where I have to choose one from the other. So these are the three differences of Clipper and Kedusha. Number one, the Shairish. Number two, the Hishavos. And number three, the Kiyum. One is the root. The root, where they both come from, Kedusha is rooted in Hashem's desire. I want you. This is what I want. This expresses the truth of Hashem. And this, I don't want. That's the source of Klippe. Its source is in the negative charge, in the lack of desire, and therefore its reality becomes one of absence, of heder. 
The second difference is in the Hishavos, in the actual creation of Klippa, how the divine energy is facilitated through Kedusha. Kedusha's transparency and Klippa is opaque. And thus, the third difference is how they exist. Kedusha is intrinsically alive and its existence is intrinsic because it's a conduit for the divine, for the core of existence. And Klippa is starving for existence. Klippa is starving. Klippa is, is yearning. It's, 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 it's not alive. It's faking it. <laughs> it's trying to make, trying to make believe it's alive. And the pain of not being alive causes it to search for anything to distract it from that pain and to be able to make, to compensate, to compensate for life, even if it's only a moment. And one of its greatest ways is if it can get the person into the abyss and feed off that energy, that's what we experience in the world of Klippa. And that's what the person experiences. I could be in a space of Kedusha, I could be in a space of Klippa. When I'm in a space of Klippa, what does it mean I'm in a space of Klippa? What does it mean I'm in a space of Kedusha? When I'm in a space of Kedusha, I always feel fully alive. Fully. Full potency. Full empowerment. When you're in a space of holiness... I always say, what do we say in davening in the morning? In Hashem's space, there's confidence and there's joy. You're empowered, you're potent. You may have questions, you may need advice, you may need guidance. That's all part, that could all be part of Kedusha. In Gemara, there's also questions, there's not only answers. But I'm in a space of empowerment. I'm in a space of deep potency. I'm in a space of life. In the world of Kedusha, I'm one with the source of life. I'm an ambassador of God in this world. What does it mean that I'm in a space of Klippa? To be in a space of Klippa means that I'm in a space in which my essence of life is lacking. There is a very, very deep void. And hence, I need distractions constantly. And the greatest, when I'm in a state of Klippa, I I know it, I feel it. And therefore the distractions are so necessary to give me some semblance of chiyos, some semblance of authenticity, even if it's short-lived. Because there's no kiyom atzmi. Because I'm now reaching a place that at its core is against God's will. In other words, it's not in touch with life. It's not in touch with Hashem. It exists because Hashem wants it to exist. Because Hashem says, I don't want this. That's its existence. But because that's its existence, I'm feeling that I don't exist. Because Hashem says, I don't want this. That's what I'm feeling. And I try harder. I'll drink more. I'll go to the internet more. I'll gamble more. I'll eat more. I'll binge more. I'll do anything. Make me feel that I'm alive. You know the addict? Make me feel that I'm alive. I'll smoke more, whatever it is. In desperation, more, 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 more. What happens? It's a bottomless pit. You could pour as much alcohol as you want, as much weed as you want, as much cocaine as you want, as much as much addictions as you want. It's a bottomless pit. It's not going anywhere because at its core you don't exist. I'm in a space where I don't exist. So I have to fill it and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. You know, when I have no self-confidence, no self-esteem, you could give me compliments for 1.1 million light years. It's a bottomless pit. Right? People who crave, val- need validation, compliments, non-stop. Why? There's nothing there. <laughs> I'm a header. I'm not, I look like I exist. I don't exist. 
So I'm trying to fill it through here, through there, through there. I'm in that space. And the greatest thing I want is, the clipper wants is, if it can get the person into the abyss, when I'm into the abyss, I feed clipper. And it loves it. It's only short-lived. It needs more and more and more and more and more. So I have to be able to really see this in my life. And every morning when I wake up and throughout the day, choose in which world I'm going to be living in. In the world of truth or in the world of opaqueness, in the world of falsehood. That's the choice. And these are the three distinctions. I'm going to take some questions. What do I tell myself when I sense a clip of thought coming? You just clip and leave me alone? Or is there something more sophisticated to do or say? Learn the mimer. Learn the mimer. It's the most sophisticated thing you can do. When a clip of thought comes into me, I have to be able to say, this is part of my condition, it's part of my journey, it's part of my shlichus, and right now I have a choice. Either I'm going to embrace it and take it seriously and start worshipping it, or I'm going to realize its true purpose. Its true purpose is to be able to reveal what it really is. What is it really? It's something that doesn't really exist. How do you reveal that? By, by saying the truth. You're a great cover-up. You're very powerful. <laughs> you have a very good packaging uh, mechanism, but uh, it's not a real Metzius. Now, when you say it's not a real Metzius, don't get deceived, because you know what Clipper does? Clipper is very sophisticated. It's very brilliant. So Clipper says, oh, I'm not a real Metzius. Oh, I'll show you. <laughs> and 10 minutes later, it comes back with a vengeance, and it says, I am a real Metzius. You have to be very honest. It seems as real as it gets. Don't deny that. And it's painful. Because it seems so real. When we say it's not real, it doesn't mean it doesn't seem real. It seems more real than anything else. When that clip of thought comes into me, it's the only reality. Not only is it real, it's the only real thing. Everything else is a joke. Accept that. Understand that. That's what it feels like. Because my feelings are also could be part of Clipper, so it feels very real. But you have to be able to see that, appreciate it, respect the process that you're in, and then choose where you're going to go with your mind. That's going to be a true choice that you make. And the more you can observe it, the more you have the freedom to choose. Next question. <laughs> Dein loy hanyan lay means, Hashem says, this he does not want. That is what gives it its metzias. <laughs> that Hashem says he doesn't want us. This gives it its essence, and therefore, it doesn't really have a reality. So you're asking, so what's the difference between that reality that I don't want, and that gives it life and kedusha? How can you be dead and alive at the same time? Are you saying that's how Kedusha and Klippa coexist, by knowing this point? So now the work begins by saying, Hashem doesn't want you, so I also don't want you. So now the internal therapist can begin the work, stage two. Yeah. The moment we understand this Nekuda of the Shairish, we know the secret of Klippa. We just expose the secret. And once you expose the secret, it's already not so powerful. My brother told me a Gavaldic joke. The truth is, those of you who come from Soviet Russia know it's not such a joke. There was this fellow who publicly declared in the Red Square, he said, Khrushchev 
is a meshugener. Khrushchev is a madman. Immediately the KGB arrested him. They threw him into prison. Trial date was set. He comes in front of the judge. The witnesses emerged and they testified publicly in the Red Square. He called Khrushchev, the Soviet leader, Amishugane. And the judge gave him two full life sentences. In the Gulag, in the Siberian Gulag, two full life sentences. So the defendant says, why two? Why two? I insulted, I said Khrushchev was a Meshugana. I said, one, why two? The reason is as follows, they said. The judge explained. One is because you insulted the leader of Mother Russia. You publicly denigrated and insulted the leader of the Soviet Union by calling him a Meshugana. That's reason number one. Reason number two, you revealed a state secret. The moment you reveal a state secret in Soviet Russia is already a good thing. You reveal the state secret. What's the state secret? That Klippe exists and it doesn't exist paradoxically. Dead and alive at the same time. You know, in, in, in quantum mechanics and modern physics, we have this called Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat is dead and alive at the same time. Where does this come from? Here you have it in Chsidis. <laughs> It's dead and alive at the same time. It's so powerfully alive, because, wow, <laughs> it feels alive, it's powerful, it, it lures me into its trap constantly. It's so tempting, it seems so delicious. It's really dead. <laughs> it's whole Metzius that it has no Metzius. Because what's its Metzius? The Metzius of everything is the Ratz and Hashem. Hashem doesn't want it. It's not a Metzius. It's no reality. There's no, no Nitzchius to it. There's no Muhus to it. Because it's not a Lakus. Hashem says, I don't want it. If you don't want it, you have no Metzius. And that goof is your Metzius. That Hashem says, I don't want it. <laughs> that is your DNA. Geval de Kevar. The DNA of Klippe is. The Metzius of Klippe is that it has no Metzius. Thus is its Metzius. When you treat it that way, everybody's happy. <laughs> everybody's happy. We become crazy. It's also saying, Hashem made a person glad, and we drive ourselves crazy. Great question. Next question. Why did Hashem create several, several worlds before this one, and then rejected them? It seems to contradict that Hashem is perfect. What is the purpose of this? Is this the concept of fossils? Well, this is what we spoke many times about Olam Hatoyu, and here we're talking learning that this is the union of Klippe. The Olam is that Hashem created that He says He doesn't want. Of course, He He, he says He doesn't want it, and that's what He wants. <laughs> he wants there should be a Metzius that doesn't really have a Metzius, and this is of course what the avoid, This is this is what allows for the avoid of a person to be able to reveal the achdus, the truth of Hashem in our world. And, and and this is what allows for choice, this is what allows for avoidah. Without this, there wouldn't be the whole concept of avoidah. Question. You say nothing exists outside of Hashem, before He created everything. Nothing exists that He doesn't want. He wanted free choice. That's the That's what a human being has. That's the zenith of creation. To enable free choice, he had to set up that which he wants and that which he doesn't want. So you could choose from. 
and doesn't want man to choose. And he says, I don't want you to choose this. This is the source and purpose of klipa, of sin, of temptation. So this is, is this the metaphor in the Zohar about the Zayna? Yeah, the, Zoy- the Zohar says that it was like, it's like a king who hired a harlot to seduce his pr- the prince. Because he wants to bring out the integrity of the prince and see if he's capable of battling and triumphing so he's be able, he'll be able to lead the empire. If he has inner fortitude, inner resilience. So he hires this harlot to seduce him. Now, she knows that if she's successful, it's going to be very aggravating for the king. If she's unsuccessful, he's actually going to be very happy. So her ultimate desire is that he shouldn't listen to her. (laughs) Even though she's very tempting, but the ultimate core of her desire is she wants the king to be happy because she works for the king, right? This is all a test. So she herself doesn't want the person should listen to her. But the king, the prince could never know that. He thinks it's a very, very real, real thing. Yeah, that's very true. That's a marshal. It's brought in Tanya in chapter, in chapter nine and in chapter 29. This is, this is a very good example of this concept. Hashem, Hashem wants the clip in the sense that he wants it so that we should not want it. He wants that we should not want it, that we should reject it. That is his desire. In other words, his desire of it is that it should be rejected. So therefore, it's Metzius is an Indian of Hadriya. Can you please clarify what's the difference between the Slabotka method of Godless Hashem and aiming high to the Tanya speaking about Einoid Mulvada and we are conduits of his light? Okay, it's a good question, but it's not for now. It needs, it needs a longer elaboration, but God willing, uh, God willing, I'll address it. Okay, we're going to stop here. Let me see if there's uh, more questions about the topic here. Okay, in the meantime, have a beautiful, beautiful day, an inspiring day, Akadusha Dikadeh, and uh, 11.30, let me just announce, the Shia Ram is not going to be at 10 today, it's going to be 11.30, 11.30 a.m. So if you're planning to join us, it's an hour and a half later, 11.30, we're going to learn Hilchis Yisaydeh Atayda Chapter 3, very exciting chapter, and uh, that's going to be 11.30 today. You can, of course, watch the replay as well. Even if you can't be here live, you can watch the replay, so that's fine. It stays on the yeshiva.net. You can also watch chapter 2, chapter 1. As I mentioned on Shabbos, the, she- the cycle begins on Wednesday, chapter 1, so we're, go- we're a little ahead, and I would suggest everybody who can should try to join the cycle of Rambam, you learn one Peirik a day, and in three years you finish the whole Rambam. It's a monumental achievement and a monumental accomplishment and will be great for your body, your mind, and your soul. So that's today, 11.30 a.m. Rambam. Tonight, 10 o'clock p.m., we have a Zoom chat with Coach Menachem of Lakewood. Let's get real. Questions, live questions and answers from Lakewood and other parts of America, whoever is joining us on our WhatsApp message, you'll have the Zoom link. They already sent it last night. I'll resend it probably. <laughs> if you don't have it, you can ask one of the Hevra to send it to you. That's going to be on Zoom. And uh, tomorrow morning, 7.30, we have the Mimer. We're continuing the Mimer. And uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow, we're going to have our Rambam class. Tuesday, 8 o'clock a.m. Rambam, 9.30 a.m. our women's class. In the meantime, have a beautiful morning. See you 11.30 Bracha v'hatzlacha ad blidai. It's afternoon by me now. It's afternoon by me. It's like 4.15 already in the afternoon. Yeah.
Gewaldig. And everything should be with a lot of... Okay. There was a chat, there was a chat question on there. Okay, chat. Here we go to chat question. Let's go. There is something called... There is a shitta called Applied Hasidus taught in Israel and that the core of their philosophy is that the students learn skills. And the main skill is to ask, what do I want? What is my truth? Every time we feel fragmented, we pray to Hashem and we say, please Hashem, help me to show me what I want and to know my truth. Yeah, that's very, very beautiful. And uh, it's, 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 it's a great skill. And this is, this is, I guess, a great answer to the question of what do you do when the clipper comes in? When the clipper comes in, this is a very powerful tool. But I'm going to emphasize again, it's very ferocious. So don't think that you can always win through conversation. Probably through conversation you will not win. You have to know the truth, and sometimes you just have to say, I'm not going there, I'm not going there. Reb Mendel from Toronto wants to know if when we say that the Metzius of Klippe is no Metzius, if it's similar to Metzius Bilti Metzius Nimtza. No, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> Metzius Bilti Metzius Nimtza, which we discussed in the Shia Rambam in Hilchus Yisodia Torah chapter 1, in the question and answer section, Einoi Matzai means his existence is deeper than existence. The term existence doesn't define Hashem's existence. Metzius, bilti, metzius, nimtza means that he's a non-existential state of existence. Undefined reality, not even defined by existence. Here, when we say the metzius is heather, it means that the core of its existence is absence. At the core of its existence is emptiness. At the core of its existence is a bottomless, Pit. At the core of its existence is a vacuum. Ooh, that's hard to deal with. That's hard to deal with. If you want to mendel, if you want to go a step deeper and you want to say that the yeshes of Klippe, the reason that there could be such yeshes in this world comes from Mitsuyusim Atzmusay. And that Mitsuyusim Atzmusay is expressed in the yeshes, which Osho thinks Mitsuyusim Atzmusay. But there maybe there's a Pesach connection. Okay, Chavra. Seid gesund und stark. One more. Very good. Very good question. Is it possible, let me tell you what, what I do when Klippe comes into my mind. When Klippe comes into my mind, I say, stop. I won't let you steal my blood. I'm not going down this path with you. You want to spill my blood. I'm not going to let you do that. As tempting as you are, I will not join somebody who's trying to kill me. Nice, beautiful. <laughs> Let's try doing this today. Chazak ve'amatz. Ganz gut, ah? Ganz gut. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.